0: This is Chris from Worcester, and you're listening to a wicked pisser British bloke named Mike. And this is the AnyRes UK podcast, all things revolution from a UK perspective. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? regs UK. All things revolution from a UK perspective. Hello everybody, I'm Mike and welcome back to the UK podcast, all things Revolution from a UK perspective. Today's episode, we're going to be looking at the MLS is Back tournament, as well as bringing you any news that has come out of the Revolution camp, such as transfers, rumours, and all that kind of good stuff as well. Uh, We're going to be diving into the uh, top of the hour. I don't know why I'm going to say that for. I've just heard it on other radio stations and stuff. It's not the top of the hour. I don't even know when you're listening to this. Uh, but we're going to be looking at the MLS is Back tournament first of all. That the, the newest news really to come out from the MLS uh, in like, not even that long ago, to be fair, is the fact that uh, FC Dallas have been withdrawn from the tournament itself, which obviously puts a lot of questions and uh, into people's minds. Now, I'm still not one hundred percent sure on the clarity of if they've been withdrawn by MLS or if they have withdrawn themselves. I believe that uh, multiple reports I've read state that there was 10 cases of COVID uh, in the camp between different players and staff. So uh, obviously it's the right precaution to take. And we've been seeing rumours and lots of speculation going on around the whole tournament stating that multiple teams had multiple cases of the actual COVID-19 virus in their camps themselves. And although they're obviously keeping into their own little bubbles, come game day they're going to be you know tackling each other there's going to be some contact involved the virus could quite easily spread into um you know uh, all players and obviously putting their players and staff and anyone else who's uh, joined the teams in danger um so as much as i would love to see the tournament go ahead and obviously you know it's ridiculous that there were only like two games into the season and it looks like this season come could be null and void and i thought the idea of bringing this kind of world cup style tournament Two, America would have been something that would have got a lot of people actually involved maybe with this sport that possibly wouldn't even have really watched soccer beforehand because of the, or maybe only watched the national team, and they like to kind of, you know, watch European football. But I kind of thought that this might have been a little bit of a spark that the the soccer industry needed really over there because this tournament is it's not the same as what we see anywhere else other than the world cup really uh, I suppose you can say obviously Champions League and that kind of thing so the big tournaments that a lot of people and have a lot of eyes on um, is the thought they they've chosen and I think it was a really good idea um, and again as I said I would really love to see the tournament go ahead and take place but I think we've got to be very mindful as these people are literally risking their lives to entertainers and i'm not even just saying that in a you know a, a way of that i, I generally think they are actually risking their lives like i know they're only playing a sport but with the pandemic that's going on and how you know the virus can spread quite quickly between person to person the fact that so many people have already had the the virus in different camps just makes me think that playing a game of soccer just really is the least of anyone's worries at the moment and i, I do just think it should be cancelled um I mean, I was going to do, obviously, on a whole episode today on kind of my thoughts uh, about where the Revolution would finish and how, you know, I thought they'd get on in the, the tournament and how I think the whole tournament will unfold, give my predictions on that. But realistically, I mean, I can still kind of, I'll talk a little bit in depth of where I kind of think Revolution would go, but I won't go too much in depth to the, the tournament itself because I, I, I don't think it should go ahead. I really don't think it will go ahead. Um, so this is going to be a quite short episode today. Um, but I, I just I don't know what everyone else's thoughts are, but I think you've just got to p- literally put everyone else's safety first before our entertainment. Um, and with how fast and quickly it's kind of spread over there between the camps already, it just seems that you're risking too much. Um, but they're really going to hold it up and make a call on it because it is, it is literally about to start. Um, now, obviously, some games have been postponed due to COVID being within the camp, so they can't play the games. But I think that's just going to be a knock-on effect throughout the whole tournament. If we just carry on, that games will get postponed, and it'll will literally just end up being a half-finished tournament, and there'll literally be no outcome at the end of it, and it'll just be null and void anyway. Um, so to obviously risk a lot of people's, you know, livelihoods and health um, to maybe only play a handful of games, I don't, I don't know. I just, I just don't see. Being right and the the right thing to do. Um, in terms of what I think the revolution would have done, uh, and I think we had a, a really good actually draw itself. I like the kind of teams we were drawn against. Um, some really obviously interesting ones there. Obviously, DC United, Montreal Impact, and Toronto. So some really really good games that um I would have actually really liked to see. As a uh, lockhorn to them teams, uh, um, uh, you know, and uh, see how we fared against them. I do think the revolution would have got out of the group, if I'm being honest. I think we, I don't think we would have topped the group, I think we probably would have finished second. And then, obviously, depending on how the other group's gone on, it would have depended on how we kind of fared and, and got through to that kind of next round of 16 and, and, and there from there on out. Um, I don't think the revolution would have gone on to the final semi final at a push, depending on obviously how the. The draw treated us. Uh, I think the kind of quarterfinals probably would have been as far as the revolution potentially would have got. But again, it kind of, it's quite hard to kind of predict unless you kind of go line by line and obviously everything fell into place that you that you wanted to do. But yeah, obviously from the groups that we would have fell into playing against of a first or second place and then obviously how it would have proceeded through it. I mean, I think on the bracket I originally did, um, I, I got them down as maybe quarterfinalists, but I um, uh, push semi, but I don't think we kind of would have made it much uh, further from there. Um, but again, I think I just think it was a great idea, and um, obviously in a, in a different different time away from the pandemic, it, it you know would have been something spectacular, and I think it would have got a lot of eyes on the actual sport itself, especially as other sports have been delayed and and there was nothing really else going on at the moment. Uh, obviously, you know, if it's a tournament that possibly could come back when the rest of the footballing season has finished, and there's no other kind of big soccer going on in the world, then maybe that possibly could be something that he's looked at because again people are looking for a soccer fix people in America who maybe don't watch the MLS might then turn their attention to MLS and uh, and obviously pick a team to choose and then you know might get sucked in with the whole thing and, and um, we take it from there uh, but yeah from my point of view I just I just don't think it should be played out because I don't think it'll get finished and I just think you're risking too much um, for people really and i I just you don't want to see because how horrible would you feel if you know if it was to go ahead and then you know if the the worst case scenario happened and which i don't really know it's not really worth thinking about um but kind of away from the tournament because again i don't really want to kind of waste a lot of time on it and i haven't really got a lot to say on it other than then i don't think it should go ahead um again i could i could just sit here and go through predictions of how i think it would play through but if if it does start, then obviously I'll, I'll do another episode next week um, and give my thoughts. Obviously on the first few games, uh, obviously the revolution would have hopefully played by then as well. Um, then we'll kind of delve into that, and I'll kind of will run through about how I think the whole tournament will unfold. But obviously with the you know um, exclusion now of FC Dallas, it kind of makes the tournament a bit uneven and I don't know I think Nashville are the next team that potentially might be withdrawn because I think they've got five or six cases currently reported in their uh, camp as well Um but yeah we'll, we'll kind of leave that we'll put a pin in that one and we'll just leave that to the next episode and then obviously if it does kind of come to fruition that the tournament is going to go ahead then we'll kind of delve into that and I'll give my thoughts and opinions on that one a little bit later uh, in, in, uh, in next week's episode Um the revolution news obviously you know there's been not really loads going around at the moment there's been uh, more in kind of the last few days and there has obviously the preceding months um i mean obviously we've got this new state-of-the-art training facility now which was which was great kind of kind of step you know taking that first real big step really towards being kind of recognized as a big club in the mls um and uh it was it was great to see how much Coverage we got and you know other news outlets were talking about us that don't normally talk about the revolution. Um again, I, I still think the revolution don't get as much coverage as they, they could do, considering but Boston is such a big sports, you know I don't know how how's it how's it classed spot what's Boston the City? Um but obviously in the states, you know, the, the six states that kind of do cover New England sports, it's it's not really well-known about the revolution and not many people cover the sports. It's kind of up up to the kind of likes of Sean Sweeney and and Julian and the revolution recap guys and the six States one podcast guides to kind of really going to try and push it out there. But there's no real big name people uh, talking about the revolution consistently they may dip in and out every now and again like dj bean he, he kind of talks about the revolution quite a fair bit to be fair but it's not like he consistently talks about them and, he, and it's that's the main focal point of his content and um, which i get i completely get there's not really the fan base there at the moment to kind of have that uh, and then today the he's got to make an earning you know he's gonna he's make a living in and uh, the revolution it, it might be quite hard to kind of make a living as just solely focusing on the revolution Uh, for your content but you know when you want to look at the fan bases sometimes and you see how much fanfare they get and I don't know it's just it's just such a shame because it's in it's in a I say a city that loves sport um obviously soccer's maybe not one of them ones but I do feel like it's because we haven't really proven ourselves yet if you kind of get what I'm saying we've come close quite a few times but I think I think if we have two or three solid seasons where we're kind of there or thereabouts, I think more and more people will start to take notice of the revolution and hopefully start to to um, try to get a little bit more involved so we can start being, build, building a bigger and better... Well, not better, because I think the fan base is really good as it is, but just a bigger fan base that makes more noise, more theatre when we're kind of you know involved in stuff. it would uh, just be really, really uh, good to see. But I think we're definitely taking steps in the right direction uh, obviously the fact that you know we've got three dp players now Carlos Hill uh, Adam Bootska and uh, um, Gustavo Bow uh, three very ready talented players as well um and I think they can take us far. As long as they're happy and they can kind of continue to play their football. I think Bruce seems to be pleased with them and they seem to be pleased with Bruce. So it seems to be a good relationship so far, but obviously any time will tell. Um we started seeing kind of glimmers of what Butts can bring to the, the revolution, but who knows now. But hopefully obviously, you know, if we do get back up and running and it's safe to do so, them three can start linking up and really kind of taking the uh Uh, the MLS by storm really and showing them what they can do because they are three very really talented players and uh, I just hope we can keep hold of them and uh, kind of build around them really because I think our roster is kind of getting definitely stronger and stronger with each addition Um, we're heading in the right direction there's still a few players that I don't think are going to be at the level that we need them to be to get to really project us into the kind of areas we want to be kind of you know the likes of Atlanta and LA Galaxy and uh, you know LAFC and, and and Portland and all that kind of stuff. You know the, the teams that are being noted and are able to attract big players. Um, and I think that you know some players we've got on the 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 roster at the moment, which I really like. Um, but I don't think they're going to be regular first team players. Um, if I'm going to be honest, but. I hope that Bruce gives them the chance to kind of prove that they can be that kind of type of player, and uh, they all get the opportunity. Because um, so it'd be nice to see the players kind of stick around and and grow with the team rather than just get rid of them. Um, and as we're kind of talking about this team, we have a we have a speculation, and we also have an actual transfer uh, to talk about as well. So the transfer. It's from the Revolution 2 team. Uh, it's been called up into the Revolution 1st team, which obviously is the first time that has happened. Uh, so it's Colin Verforth. I think that's how you pronounce your name. I do apologise, Colin, although you're probably not going to listen to this. Um, but yeah, it's obviously good news that he's obviously done enough to impress the coaching staff over the Revolution 2 team to maybe say to Bruce, you know, come and have a quick look and see. If you like him, I do think he'd definitely do a job with the uh, Revolution 2, uh, with the Revolution 1st team. Um, and obviously the fact that he's a defender makes me think that because obviously, you know, we're, we're playing with Henry Kester and Andrew Farrell at the moment at the back, um, which I think it's actually been a really good partnership. And I like how Kester's kind of, Got involved in the game, you know, without kind of looking completely out of place and, and lost, um, and picked up the pace of the game really quickly and just kind of, you know, fully thrown commitment um in there and put in some really good performances. Obviously there's a few mistakes, but you know, for for the kind of, you know, age he is and the fact that it's his first MLS season and to be thrown into the first game of the season and perform how he did, I think it's a testimony to him and, you know, his parents and his coaching staff and of how he's been brought up and the kind of um you know, way he is as a person. But, uh, I think him and Farrell are a good partnership. Um, obviously the fact that we could have Delemaier back would be, you know, it would be nice to see him back to the kind of old Delemaier that we used to see. Uh, Mancien, I'm still not really sold on. Um, obviously he's taken up a big chunk of money as well. Um, I would still like to see him played as a CDM and see what he offers in that uh, position in the pitch because I've seen him play it before. Um, and again, I've not seen him play it for a very long time now. But I would just like to see him given that opportunity. He has played there previously. It's a position we're a bit lighter now with obviously the injury to Luis Casado. Just give him an opportunity uh, to see what he's like there, and then if it's that experiment is done, then we can just be done with him, and hopefully we'll, we'll kind of move on and you know give our thank yous and good luck to him and uh, kind of on his way. But with uh, Colin being brought up to the first team, that does make me think that Bruce obviously feels that we are light in that defensive um, section. I mean, obviously, we're using the very versatile Devon Jones' as uh, coverage pretty much across the left and right back positions at the moment. Um, but with the likes of Seth and, uh, obviously, Alexander and Butner uh, being kind of maybe first and second, second choice left backs, we've then got Brandon by. And possibly Dewan Jones as our backup right-back. But if we do have another option at centre-back, Delema comes back in, maybe slots back inside with uh, Henry Kessler or Colin Valferth. And maybe Andrew Farrell moves back out to right-back. Uh, who knows? Um, I think that would be a little bit unfair on, on Andrew at the moment because I think he's put in solid shifts as a centre-back and i don't think at the moment he's done anything wrong to kind of dislodge him from that position and i think if, if he's playing well then we just leave it as it is but obviously there's been a lot of time now between our last performance our last game and, and now so i don't know how people are you know have kept themselves and how fit they are and so on and so forth but it's good that we've got another option now there um in terms of that and it does make me think that the reason why we've brought him in is because somebody from that back line is possibly going to be tried in a more advanced position. So they could obviously bring in Colin and maybe try Mancien at CDM. But it could be obviously just to relinquish Dewan Jones maybe to play him in that attacking third. So he's another option. um, Kind of, you know, a little bit more, up, you know, in that kind of final third rather than in the defensive line. Because we've seen the, the you know, electric pace he's got on him. And... Uh, you know, it's, it's, it can be quite dangerous, especially you know if you're bringing him on in the 60th minute of a the game. They've got some tired legs out there. They've got the sun beating down them on in Florida. And you bring on Juan Jones fresh-legged and running at you at, knows however fast that kid runs. So it could be very, very interesting. So that's my kind of thought process behind what the addition of to the squad is. I think it's an area we were possibly... Maybe light on, but, but purely light on because of the fact that he might be moving somebody from that defensive team to bring them into that kind of either central defensive midfield team or midfield central team as a whole. Or maybe, as I said, utilizing Dewan Jones a little bit f- further forward on the uh, on the pitch as well. But it's a really, really good news to obviously see that that is already, without really playing any game time, uh, that the Revolution 2 is going to... I do think he'll spend a lot of time with the Revolution 2 team. And if the, if the season does actually all start to kind of... T- you know, take place and the ULS season does kind of, you know, kick on, then I do think that uh, we will see him obviously feature for both teams. Um, I think that's kind of how it was always supposed to be. But uh, it's kind of, you know, it does showcase to the Revolution 2 players that if you kind of do well and you do put the effort in week in, week out in training, that you could obviously have that addition and be put onto the roster of that first team and kind of flip between the two teams and still get some really really valuable minutes in the MLS The second bit of transfer news really is, it was not really news, it's a rumour at the moment though but uh, Matt Polster who's um, currently, well I think he's on the books of Rangers still uh, so he contracted to Rangers obviously over in the uh, Scottish Premier League and uh, it's loads of reports that's come out that the New England Revolution are looking to pay for around £3,000 for his services, um, obviously, this one for me, I'm not, I'm not 100% sold on it. Obviously, the fact that we've just bought Colin into the team as a, a defensive option makes me think that Poster probably won't be used in the defensive lineup because naturally, I mean, he's, he's a centre back that he's been playing the last whole season really with Rangers. As a right back, and I believe the last few games with Chicago as well, I think he was utilized at right back. If if my memory serves me right, um, after the fact, that he's got ties to the connection to the fire. Is one thing that's a bit like mm. you know, with me, but you know, if he if he pulls on that revolution shirt and plays hundred percent and gives it his all for the the, the shirt, then I'm happy. Um, is it a player we need? I don't I don't know. Is this unless the only thing I can think of, if Bruce is thinking of bringing him in as a Casado coverage option then it might make sense, but I haven't seen him play in that position to have a real valid opinion on if I think it's a good deal. I mean, 300,000 pounds isn't a huge amount of money in the grand scheme of things. Would depend obviously on contract, what he's he's signing to on a contract and so on and so forth, but um, I don't think I'm the most um, knowledgeable person to be kind of talking on the matter because I haven't got a lot of knowledge obviously on him, especially during his MLS days. I've seen him play a few times for Rangers. Um, wasn't 100% sold on him then as a right-back, but you know I didn't think he was the, the worst part of the pitch. But um, obviously, it could have been, every time I've watched Rangers, he could have been having a really bad game as well. Um, but yeah, so it would be interesting to obviously get your thoughts and opinions on what you think about the the situation with Matt Polster uh, potentially coming to the revolution. And do you think we need him? Because I do think that if we do, it's going to be as a central defensive midfielder and not as a... Um, as a right back, and definitely not as a as a centre back, because I, I just don't think, especially with quality now, we don't need the coverage there. It just wouldn't make sense to to me. Um, but that's pretty much it from terms of obviously the kind of news, like to do, deal with transfers and all that kind of stuff as well. Um, but as I said, really, really good to see obviously the revolution showcasing that you know through the revolution, two players that if you do, you know, do a good job and do as you've asked and kind of progress and have the right attitude and ability, then you're going to have an opportunity to come to the first team. And even if you don't get many minutes, you, you know, the thoughts there and the, the coach can see how you train with the first team and you know, you've got an opportunity to, to really, really prove yourself. Um, But that's, that's pretty much here, really. Um, I've not really got a lot to talk about. Obviously there's been loads of pictures plastered around about obviously the, um, the, the revolution team obviously have enjoying the sun over in Florida and it uh, does look like they're having an amazing time. I do like the fact that all of the uh, fair-skinned skin, fair uh, people such as Kessler and Matt Turner were uh, hiding underneath where the shade was because that's exactly what I would do. Um, and obviously, JKO is obviously uh, performing at the moment as well. So he's in the Elite Eight, I think it is, I believe. Uh, he's performing over on Twitch. So obviously, good luck to uh, John on that one. I hope he does well and uh, best of luck to him. But yeah, I think it's... Um, I don't know. It's a it's a very funny time at the moment. Then, as I said, I hope all you guys are staying safe and and you're all well. And you know, you're kind of sticking to the uh, your government's guidelines as as closely as you can do. And uh, yeah, it's just very very different times. And um, my thoughts, are obviously, with everyone who is, is is out there in the revolution family. And uh, I hope, as I say, I just really hope you're all staying safe and um, and and are, are doing well um and obviously if the tournament goes ahead then i hope it's done because it's safe to do so um as much as i'd love to see of the revolution play again this season um it's just got to be you know it can't be done at the expense of potentially losing people's lives because it's it's just a game it is just a game and as much as it's a game that we all love to watch it's uh it's not really worth it. Just kind of want to wrap things up. Obviously not on a bummer note. I kind of want to obviously kind of walk the tone down right there. Um, I just want to obviously kind of raise it up a little bit more. So uh, a few weeks ago, I was watching Andrew Farrell stream over on Twitch. to playing Fortnite with some uh, some kids uh, having a really, really good time. And it was good to watch. I suck at the game. Uh, but it's really fun to watch him play with a lot of the, um, the, the young kids. And uh, obviously he was answering chat and stuff and I was just talking about the revolution bits and bobs here and there, asking him how he kind of feels that like Kessler's been settling in. Um, I asked him, if he, you know, kind of what position he prefers and he said at the moment he just, he's really been really, really enjoying playing as a centre-back, but he's kind of open towards kind of, you know, what Bruce wants him to do and he'll put in his, his 100% whichever position. You know he's asked of him to play, but he is actually really enjoying playing centre back at the moment. Um, and he did actually say to me that he would uh, he actually has listened to the podcast, so I don't know if you've sent that out of politeness, like but if you have, thank you, Andrew. If you are listening to the one, thank you. And he did say at some point you will jump on to the podcast as well. So if, if his time does go ahead, and uh, you know, Andrew, you we're know, gonna kind of manage to kind of negotiate times and stuff because obviously there's a time difference between Florida. And here, obviously, Um, and obviously if he is playing games and training and all that kind of stuff, it's going to be him working around, uh, sorry, me working around his schedule as well as him kind of, you know, I'm trying to fit him in where I'm not asleep or supposed to be asleep. Um, So yeah, it's going to be a bit of a tough one, but I think we should be able to hopefully do it. Um, But I think that's quite exciting, the fact that, you know, Andrew is willing to come on to the podcast and if he has listened to it, then that's, that's amazing. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you if you are listening to this one as well, and thank you to any Revolution players or anyone from the Revolution staff, the whole Revolution family. Thank you for listening, because as I've said many occasions, you all have made me feel so welcome to the family. And I real, f- although I'm millions of miles away, but not literally millions, thousands um, of miles away, I do feel, I do feel close to the team, and I do feel a part of it. So it's uh, and it's all thanks to to you guys. And um, long, obviously, may it continue. Well yeah guys that pretty much wraps up today's episode. As I said, I don't really want it to be too long and it's not going to go on, it hasn't gone on for too long. Um but I just kind of want to give a, a few thoughts and opinions and a few things. It's all stuff you've obviously heard and read about in the um obviously on different social medias and all that kind of stuff. And the Revolution Recap guys have been there really good in keeping their podcast podcast going as well so that's been really thankful um, to them guys and to I was literally just about to wrap the uh, episode up and I remember I actually did get one question so I did put a tweet out uh, the other day um, and I always kind of get a bit confused about when I tweet that I think that I am. Um, I always tweet at bad times of um, when you guys are asleep I think uh, or when you guys are at work and stuff so I've got to be quite mindful sometimes when I do submit a tweet asking for questions that you guys it's gonna get lost because you guys are at work and you've you're scrolling through your Twitter and you don't wanna go down miles and miles and miles. So but uh I did get one question, so we'll just quickly add that before we wrap up today's episode, and that's come from Mike D. And Mark D asked, uh, which Revs player is gonna be the unsung hero which will make his mark on this tournament and now for me this one obviously the tournament does go ahead and it is safe to do so as we have mentioned numerous times in today's episode then i think i mean it's quite a tough one because i mean unsung heroes can be found in the weirdest places sometimes. i mean is is kessler going to be classed as an unsung hero he's, he's only had a, a few games for us but you know if he carries on the way he's going and performs to a level that he has been performing does he automatically slot into that unsung hero thing because he, you know, it, it's not somebody we're expecting to do well, but he could, if he, he just performed to a level that he has been from and in closing, it's better. Um, so he could be one of the ones, but for me, I think, I think it's going to be someone like a, you know, a, a, a Renix or, or a Buchanan really, them kind of younger players. Obviously, Kester does fill into that bracket, but it's weird that, and I, and I don't want to put any pressure on Lad at all, but it's almost like he's had two really good games and now he's just, Gonna be expected that he's he's at that level, um. So I think he's. I don't know if it casts as an unsung, um. But it, I think it would be one of those three. I mean, I'd like to see the likes of you know Ankin come on the pitch and get some minutes and and really show us what he can do. But I don't know if he's gonna be able to stop into that in you know, a game. At, um. Uh. In in a way that depends how I suppose Bruce lines us up. But you know the the, the front three is gonna be Carlos Bootsker and. and uh, and Bo. And then behind that, I mean, I suppose it's kind of anyone's guess. I mean, Wilf's going to be in there, isn't he? We've got no Crusader now. So, I mean, Dago's been tried there. We've got Callum Rowe back as well. You know, so I think it's going to be hard for Ankin to kind of get involved in the game. But I think it's going to be, an unsung hero is going to be somebody that comes off the bench and puts in really good performances to maybe give Bruce a bit of a headache and think, you know, that this, this person's been coming in and doing a job for us and and uh, you know putting in some solid performances, um, but yeah, I do think it's probably going to be it's going to be between Kessler, if we can Class Kessler, um, Renix or Buchanan. I think if I'm going to be perfectly honest, I think that obviously Buchanan and, and Renix have both had two quite tough things happen to them. Uh, you know, they're, they're young players and they've both been an opportunity where they could have. They you know, grabbed some much-needed points of the revolution at the start, start of the season, and they both took opportunities which were, some could say, easier to score than miss, and they they, they were squandered. But they're they're young, the England players, and, and hopefully they can kind of learn from that and grow. Um, but if you were to tell me to pick one, I'm going to go for Justin Relix. He's going to be the player, he's going to be the unsung hero because I think he's going to be that type of player that we we when we need him. And um, when we're kind of down and done, and, and he's going to come on the pitch and add that kind of extra level of excitement and uh, hopefully, you know, decently either leads to a goal or grabs a goal himself. And I think that Justin is going to be our unsung hero if, unless we can count Kessler. Then it's going to be Edmund Kessler. Um, but yeah, guys, as I said, thank you for your continued support. And as I said, hope you're all doing safe and well. And um, if the tournament is going ahead or if there's any more big news, we'll uh, catch another episode next week so i've uh, penciled in some free time and uh, i've got another slot available if needed so stay safe guys and i will catch you all very very soon